are listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Monday afternoon. I'd like to turn to our first topic and guest of the week. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by business coach Heather Thorkelson, all the way in Sweden. And we're talking about uh, what to consider when thinking of self-employment or starting a company. Uh, hi, Heather. It's great to speak to you again. How are you doing? Hi. I'm great, Noreen. It's really lovely to speak with you as well. And it's fun to be speaking with you from Sweden this time. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I remember the last time we spoke, uh, it was last summer in August, and you were finishing uh, your book, uh, No Plan B. H- how's that all going at the moment? Going, there have been some delays, of course, because of the pandemic, but uh, we're, we're almost there. We're just about to cross the finish line, so I'm expecting to publish it in July. Uh, congratulations. That's great. Uh, remind our listeners uh, once again, um, so as a business coach, what is it exactly that, that, that you do or help people uh, uh, get, off, get, get their business off the ground? Yeah, so I do, well, as a business coach, I kind of have quite a large range. I generally specialize these days, because I've been doing this for about 10 years, in working with small businesses that have hit a sort of ceiling, and they need to revamp and and kind of go to that next level of income or size or hiring new employees, that kind of thing. But traditionally, I've worked with people who are making that transition from the working world, from the nine to five, from the, the corporate world, whatever you want to call it into self-employment. So I spent about the first eight years of my business coaching focusing on that. I created a big course called the Leap Guide, basically teaching people how to do that. How do you take that professional skill set from a structured environment and work on your own, become autonomous and do your own thing and run it by your own rules, which is quite, it's quite an exciting thing to do. (laughs) Definitely. And that is so on point at the moment. I mean, you mentioned the pandemic uh, just now and and definitely with the coronavirus, it's definitely sort of left people uh, with some room to maneuver or or change this course a little bit. You know, um, it's either changed the way how people work. Now people can work remotely. um, But also it's sort of left people rethinking their careers, especially if um, if there's been some redundancies, which we have seen uh, caused by yeah. the, this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I mean, I mean, I've definitely seen a surge of people thinking of launching their own businesses. Uh, have you come across this yep. uh, in the recent months? Very much. And I'm starting to see a big shift in my own business back to helping a lot more of those people. So there's there's kind of two camps the way that I've seen it so far. There's the people who have been made redundant. So it wasn't their choice to lose their position at work. Um, and then there are other people who had a sort of tenuous relationship already or a tenuous work environment. And now they're just, um, you know, they're they're not made redundant, but they're working from home and they're thinking, you know what, I was actually really unhappy in that environment. And I've worked in a few different companies now and none of it's really working for me. So they probably have a, a, a job or a workplace to go back to once we start fully returning to that scenario, but they don't want to, or maybe they have the option to work from home, but they're like, I'm just not feeling working for other people anymore or companies anymore. So there's there's those two camps. There's the redundant people who are like, what do I do now? <laughs> there's gonna be this flood in the job market. How do I find another job? So frustrating. Um, and yeah, those people who just really aren't feeling being employed, let's say, anymore. Um, and, and that's where the opportunity really lies, I believe, is, is, you know, I call it the big wake up. It's like, oh, my gosh, what's next? You know, what am I going to do? What, what, what are the next professional steps for me? And some people might be toying with the idea of working for themselves or opening their own company 
and really have the right mix of uh, what it takes, you know, the right mix of sort of personal leaning, um, good self-management skills. They don't really need to be, um, you know, being in a structured environment. They're finding working from home quite easy. And then there are other people who maybe are thinking of working for themselves, but they're really struggling with having no manager and no time, you know, uh, time schedule or no deliverables to send to somebody, that kind of thing. And I think that, you know, when for the for the listeners who are in that gray zone of what's next, I really encourage people to think about that. Are you someone who can thrive outside of a structured environment? Or maybe you sort of are just having those first inklings of that? Or are you someone who is really desperately missing that structured work environment? Because that to me is the big clincher you know if you're in that first camp of i can do this on my own then the opportunities are really exciting and quite endless in this day and age because the internet gives us all the tools that we need to be self-employed and to start our own businesses that's like an absolute fact Yes, I, I totally agree. And I was going to say a lot of people have that first taste of freedom of, of discipline and, and also structuring your, your own work day. And that's quite seductive in a way. But then, you know, yeah. it's whether or not you have what it takes to, to reinvent yourself as a business owner and, and take it to the next level, yeah. because that's something else that's, mm-hmm. that's managing not just yourself, but managing a company. Um, and that's, that um, is quite yeah. tricky in a way to, to get into that mindset. Yeah, it really is. And and that's funnily enough, that's what my book is about. (laughs) It's about how do we become the people we need to be to to be the entrepreneur, you know, and bring things to life that we want to bring to life. So it's really sort of for that consummate, I want to build things, I want to turn ideas into reality. Um, It's a really a mindset book about how to make that shift from just being someone who has a certain skill set to being someone who has those um, sort of soft skills and personal leaning and developing those things into being yeah, just sort of that next level entrepreneurial mind, I suppose. But I will say that, you know, I don't want to discourage anybody who uh, is not necessarily thinking of, oh, I want to create a company and have employees. There's lots of people who want to be self-employed and they just want to be self-employed by themselves. They're like, I just want to freelance. I'm an accountant or I'm a web designer or, you know, they have the kind of transferable skill set where they could just work from home on their computer and they don't need to worry about having a big company or having employees or making things overly complicated because by all means, that is also a thing. You know, I mean, there are people who make very good livings as virtual assistants. So if there's listeners right now thinking, yeah, but I, you know, I've been mostly in administrative type jobs and more sort of entry level. I'm in the earlier stages of my career, but I'm not feeling working for a company. Well, you can be a virtual assistant. You can be a a community manager for somebody who has an online community. There are so many options, no matter where you are on that spectrum, you know, whether it's those early stage skills or people management skills or administrative skills, all the way up to some of my more recent clients who are in their 50s and they're at the top of their professional game and like amazing, you know, consulting gigs. And now they don't they don't have a job anymore. And they're like, well, I got another good 10 years of professional work in me. What do I do now? So, you know, there's options for them, too, all across the spectrum, just depending on what it is that you want to do. Exactly. And there is such a demand for it because I think employers are also, you know, seeing um, with the threat of the pandemic, they're seeing that there are ways to cut costs and and to shave off maybe a, a full time employment. But to to instead of having somebody sitting in the office that they can hire somebody virtually or, or somebody part time. 
time. And yeah. that's where, you know, people can fill in that gap, lending their expertise and, and being hired in that capacity, as well as enjoying yeah. some, some freedom. Uh, also being mm-hmm. a contributor yeah um let's yeah. talk a little bit more about um i mean how do you raise m- money in this climate though how do you start something in, in this climate because we often hear oh you know in times of crisis people are quite creative and they can start something but it's also a tricky time to be start a tricky and scary time to be launching something mm-hmm. because of the uncertainty yeah, that's very true. And I would say that, you know, if you look back at traditional opening up a traditional business, you know, 25 years ago, let's say, you would have to raise a certain amount of capital, you'd have to get a physical space to run it from, you know, and, you know, like, let's say, for example, you want to open up a subway franchise, well, you need money to put into that franchise, right? Like pre internet days, mm-hmm. there was always this sort of big investment in the beginning, right? That's like 50 grand that you needed. These days, you don't necessarily need that. If you have a product that you're trying to develop, like, for example, a friend of mine is, is developing this amazing product, which is um, pet food, meat-based pet food that's from cultured meat. So it's not actually from animals that were alive. They're creating meat in, in the lab. like a lab. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. It's such an interesting concept. And so, um, you know, they're four years into it. They're doing really well. And they had to raise a lot of money. They needed venture capital in order to put in the investment to make that happen, right? Because they needed a lab, lab, they needed scientists, (laughs) they needed the whole shebang, right? So if you're looking at that kind of business model, if your ideas are on that scale, yeah, you're going to need some money. But let me tell you, there are a lot of venture capitalists out there that still have a lot of money (laughs) of this. They've got money, they want to invest it. If you have something interesting that you're trying to do, You can probably find people because in spite of the fact that there's a pandemic going on, the people with a lot of money that are interested in doing interesting things, they're still out there. And most of them still have a good amount of money, you know, and they're kind of figuring out what to do next. So so there's that camp. But then the majority of the people that I work with, I would say about 80 percent of the people that I work with, they need very little money to get started. They need a couple thousand dollars to get a website up, to get a good quality website up. Um, you know, if you're working from home, you just got to pay for your internet. (laughs) You know, there's not, there's not a lot of front end capital required to basically hang out your shingle and say, Hey, I'm here. I can, I'm an accountant for small businesses or I'm, you know, whatever. There's not a lot of that front end capital required. And that's why I say like now more than ever, the barriers to entry for, for starting working for yourself are very small. And, you know, the other thing, and I think this is really key when you said earlier that, you know, a lot of companies are looking at cutting costs and they don't want to necessarily have someone in house when they can just hire one off people. I know a lot of people hear that and they go, Oh, but like, that means no job security. What if they just bring me in for a little bit and then they don't need me anymore. And how do I make sure that my income is stable? And what I would say is that this is, this is an exciting prospect because that means you can create multiple streams of income, right? Mm-hmm. You have multiple different contracts, different areas, so that if one contract ends, well, you've got other contracts over here, then you've got a little bit of time to find a new person to fill that or a new company to fill that gap. And, you know, that's the same idea with starting with something really, a really simple business model. If it's me, it's my computer, I'm offering my services. Maybe down the road, you develop that into something bigger, maybe it evolves. I mean, I started as a life coach, 
Then I was supplementing on the side with web design because that's another skill set that I have. Then I developed two years in into a business coach. And then two years after that, I had enough capital that I started a polar expedition company, which is completely <laughs> out of left field. <laughs> but, you know, I started with one thing that I could do at the time that had a low barrier to entry that I really enjoyed. And then I built up the capital and I roped other people into this next level project. And I created a, what I would consider more of a brick and mortar type of company. It's not virtual. It's real. We physically take people on ships and we take them to the polar regions. So, you know. There's, there's an evolution. There's, a, there's the opportunity to evolve as someone who's self-employed, as an entrepreneur. There's an opportunity to open up different streams of income, to diff do different things. And what's brilliant about that, Noreen, is that when you work for yourself, nobody can take your job from you, yeah. right? Like you can't be made redundant. It's you, it's your ideas, it's your skill set. The biggest clincher is marketing. And that's the thing that I work with people the most. I help them identify, you know, what their skills how do we market that? How do we get you in front of the right people so that you can then build your autonomous business from there? You're amazing, Heather, honestly. I mean, and, and you're definitely <laughs> the, the glasses are half full kind of girl, in fact, very full kind of girl. You're really sort of coaching people. And so, <laughs> honestly, well, let's talk a little bit more. Well, you mentioned just now the importance of a good internet connection. I, I don't want to jinx it, but, you know, the internet has yeah. been very good. It sounds, I mean, it's hard to believe you're all the way in Sweden because it sounds so clear. Um, <laughs> and, and the second thing is um, you mentioned really good marketing. I mean, are we talking about social media marketing? And what is the role of social media in building a, a business in 2020? That's such a good question, Noreen. And yeah, marketing is these days, especially for people who are working, you know, from home or working remotely or whatever, the internet is critical. Social media is very critical. Marketing is just essentially getting the message out to the right people, what you do and how you can help them, right? It's why make your life easier? So a lot of people, they hear marketing. I think I did just jinx. I think I just, uh, sorry, I think I did just jinx the internet connection. We lost you there. Uh, could you just repeat oh, no. that a little bit? <laughs> oh, no problem. No problem. So, yeah, I think people have a, have a bit of a, anyways, who aren't working in marketing and sales might have a bit of a reservation about marketing and sales. They're like, oh, no, I don't want to be sleazy. I don't want to push myself on people. And that's not what I'm talking about. Exactly, what what marketing is, is really, start. they don't know where to start. Yeah. And really it's about it, marketing is about getting yourself in front of the right people and saying, here's what I can do for you. Here's how I can help. And when I talk to my clients about marketing and sales, I say, this isn't about pushing your services onto people who are kind of sitting on the fence. This is about finding the right people and then inviting them to engage with you because you have something that they need and that will really help them, you know? And so the, social media is really the, the medium in these days for the most part, for doing that, right? Because that's where you're probably going to find your audience. So you want to have a presence on whatever social media space works for you and your business. If you're a home decorator, you're probably go going to want to spend a lot of time on Pinterest and uh, Instagram because they're really visual mediums. If you're a virtual assistant, you're probably going to want to spend a lot of time marketing on Facebook and LinkedIn. So it kind of depends on what it is that you're doing. If you're a high-level consultant who's in the third stage of their career, you're going to want to be on LinkedIn. 
Um, but I do know and work with some people who all they have is a mailing list. And all the only people that they market to is their mailing list. They let them know, here's what I do. Here's how I can help you. If you're having this, this, and this problem, I'm your girl or I'm your guy. I mean, the, the internet connection is critical. Social media is definitely critical. But where you show up in that marketing sphere is dependent on your business model. And it is, this is the thing that freaks people out a little bit and where I really come in to help people. Marketing should be a good 70 to 80% of your work. That is really the most important thing, getting in front of the right people and telling them how you can help them. And and putting your name out there so people, you know, hear about you. Um, Heather, the other question yep. I have in mind is, um, well, the, the other side of the business is money, really, and, and charging. I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of the times when people are just starting out, um, they, they're not too sure how much to charge for, for, for their product or, or their worth, really. Um, you don't want to set it too yep. high to, to, to deter people. But then you also don't want to set it too low so that people think you're unworthy. Yeah. It's so tricky. It is really tricky, and psychologically, pricing is the biggest challenge for people. <laughs> it's I, most of the time when I start working with someone, I say, "Okay, so what are you charging right now?" If, assuming that they've already kind of started working for themselves, and they tell me, and I'm like, oh, "Double that," <laughs> you oh, know, really? because we it's, we 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 have that tendency to just say, "Oh, but it's just little old me, and nobody's going to pay that much," and you know, and it's not. I don't always say double that. Of course, sometimes they're charging a good rate, but it is really tricky, and it isn't something that you should decide on alone. You should always look at the benchmark for your industry, first of all. Look at where you are on that spectrum. If you're brand new, I mean, when I was brand, brand new, I was charging peanuts, but I was telling people that. I was like, look, I'm new at this. I have really uh, accessible rates because I'm not pretending to be the best but what I can do is I can help you. And if I'm at the price point that you can afford, let's talk. So I was always just very transparent about that, right? And then as you get better, you build your confidence, people start recommending you, and then you can reassess your your pricing. And I usually recommend, especially in the first few years, uh, if you're working more as a freelancer, reassess your pricing every six months and just see where you're at, you know? Um, and then if we're talking about something like cultured meat, it's a different thing, right? I mean, the pricing conversation is so complicated depending on what kind of business you're running, but absolutely it's tricky. And I would say to anybody listening, do not do it alone. And don't ask your mom what you should charge because <laughs> your mom has your best interests at heart and, and, She's not going to be objective. You'd ask someone who's in business already. That's really important. Yes. And when do you sort of look into hiring uh, people to, to help you out? I mean, hiring a, uh, you know, empl- other employees, a marketing manager maybe, or is that sort of way down the, the list a little bit? Because you know, I think the worry for some people is that they're worried they, they can't do a good job uh, for, for their own marketing. Do you, do you outsource it to somebody? But of course, there's also uh, costs involved. Or do you sort of learn a, a, as you go? Yeah. uh, So again, it's a little bit dependent on the type of business that you're running. But let's just go back to the idea of working for yourself as a solopreneur. Mm. You're on your own. um, You know, let's say you're a web designer and you're really great at web design, but you're kind of struggling with the marketing thing. You You know, your web design projects are going gangbusters. You're getting recommended. You're really busy and you're doing really well, but you know you need to get more people in the pipeline and you don't have the energy for marketing. So that's kind of where you're at that point of, okay, maybe I should bring in someone else. Maybe I should bring in a little bit of help. Um, I can give you the example of myself. I, for six years, I had a different brand before I evolved into what I 
how I call myself now, and it was called Republic of Freedom. And about two years into that, I was writing weekly for my blog, and I was working with my clients, and I just didn't have the bandwidth to do the admin stuff. I didn't want to take my blog post, upload it to my yes, website, format it properly, find a picture, like da-da-da-da-da, right? I mean, it just, it killed my soul. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was like, this is so boring. And I, I found that it was a huge point of resistance for me. And then I realized, you know what? I can find a really good virtual assistant for 30 to $40 an hour, which is fair pay for them. They're very happy with that. Um, and they can do it for me. And so I hired a virtual assistant two years in. So this is going back to like 2012. And I've had at least one, if not more, virtual assistants ever since then for my businesses. And I just delegate out all the admin stuff because that's not my genius work, right? And it's such a low cost. I mean, that's when brilliant. when you're that's the person genius, doing all actually. the different things... Yes. Yeah. Well, when you're the person doing all the things, you're you're not doing any of them well, right? And what I wanted to do at that time is I wanted to be awesome at writing. I wanted to really focus on doing great writing to attract the right people and then really help my clients. And the admin niggly stuff was taking away from that. And I'm like, okay, outsource. And literally, Noreen, like it cost me maybe 150 bucks a month for my for my VA to do everything for me that I didn't want to do. And that was, I would have paid her a thousand if I could have afforded it at the time, <laughs> you know, because she just took so much of the stress and dead weight off of me. Exactly. So yeah. I don't know if I exactly answered your question in terms of when do you hire someone, but it's really, when you get to that point where you're like, you know what, I could spare 50 or $100 to just have someone do one to do hours of work for me that I really, really hate doing and start from there. Absolutely. And it just takes away that anxiety of, of, of doing something you don't want to do. And then you can, you know, better use that energy to focus on, on the actual yeah. product and, and actually doing something else that will help your business. Yeah. I think that's an excellent yeah. uh, piece of advice. Heather, it's always so much fun chatting uh, to you. Um, I'm afraid we're out of time today, but let's uh, definitely revisit uh, this topic or talk about something else another time. Can you remind our listeners once again sure. how we can find out a little bit more about you and your work and your upcoming book also yes yes so you can find me at heatherthorkelson.com my website if you're interested in my book that i'm publishing in a couple of months it's um no plan b just sign up at my website onto my mailing list and that's the best way to find out when it's going to be launched um i'm also on facebook at heather thorkelson and instagram it's basically all my name instagram heather thorkelson just look for my name and you will find me and i would love to connect with any of your listeners online or on my mailing list that would be great actually brand name is very important as well you've got to choose a name that people will remember and and in many cases uh people actually choose the wrong name um, I've, I've come across yes. businesses uh, before but that's one to, to remember and uh, lovely to speak to you again and we've been talking to business coach Heather Thorkelson about uh, what to consider when thinking of self-employment or even starting your own company thank you very much indeed for your time today Heather and talk to you next time thank, thank you, you Noreen